I'd like you to imagine something for a second. Okay. I'd like you to imagine that you have a person in your life who you like talking to nonstop about things that interest you. Like movies. Okay. Can you picture that person? Yes. Who is it? Looking at myself in the mirror. Fan fucking tastic. All right. <laughs> Good start. Let's talk about it. What's our seat number? So, who are you? I am Johnny Gross. And I am Simon Gross. Um, Johnny is a filmmaker. I am, and Cy is a game designer. Who the fuck knows what I am? I'm a <laughs> game designer, 3D artist, VFX artist once, and not much else. So you want to tell everybody, uh, you know, our two listeners, if we're lucky, uh, what exactly <laughs> I'm we're doing dead. here? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here exactly? Um, well, uh, Johnny and I um, like films, and we've been watching films together and apart. For most of our lives, um, and uh, I would say my my um, my film thing is uh, is less of a like and more of a unhealthy, obsession, unhealthy obsession. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, a fetish, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> could be classified as such. And basically, what we're going to do here is a um, little podcast for you, um, and we're going to talk about some films and a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes, uh, some. VFX stuff, if VFX come up in the movie, but mostly we're going to be talking trash about shit that people who are better than us can do, exactly. and we probably can't, because it's very easy to do that from behind your fat fucking gut behind a microphone. Indeed. A um, little bit of trivia. Uh, about what 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 film? Uh, well, today uh, we're going to be talking about a, uh, a movie that, um, well... Well, let me, let me just sum up the movie for you with one word, okay? Camp. Okay. Okay. This is why you need a pop filter. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, bring one. I, I shall. I shall. Um, if anybody wants a hint, uh, you probably won't uh, know what the hell I'm talking about. But um, Slam Evil is the Slam tagline. Slam Evil is the, the tagline. Yes. Um, is this something I have to guess? Or it's the tagline of this movie? It's the tagline of this movie. You sorry, already I know thought, what it no, is. No, sorry. I thought what we were doing... That's the tagline of this movie? That's Slam the tagline Evil? of this movie, Slam Evil. If you would like to flip... <laughs> Let me see Flip the Blu-ray box this around. This is rubbish. Where is that? It, it, on the top. Fucking hell. It was on all the posters. What's that supposed to mean, though? Because that's got nothing to do with the movie. So, so off this the top is... of my head, because I thought we were playing a game where... I have to guess the, the so, tagline. So we will. Of the film. This this will be the very first um, tagline that we mention on the podcast. But uh, um, as you can see, they usually don't bear any resemblance to anything that oh, goes on God. in the movie. I would have guessed like something to do with the Hulk or something like <laughs> Slam Evil. Like I, Slam I, Evil. I don't even know. All right, but um, that's not the movie that we're talking about today. No, the movie we're talking about today is beloved by not many. Yes, um, it is <laughs> with its with its among its peers. It's, it's got of, its cult. It's got its uh, fans. It I does. Think. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't count them in the many. Well, um, but there's like there's an interesting thing about this, right? Is that there are three movies that I remember very fondly that all deal with that sort of same era around the same time, time around the same, around the same time period at least as well. Yeah, yeah, and this is one of them, but. 
it's on the lower scale, like compared <laughs> to the other two movies. So the other two movies being you can the on. shadow. Yeah, and and the Rocketeer. So those those aren't the movies. <laughs> we're not going to be talking about that today. <laughs> yes, um, um, but the movie we're going to watch today is uh, the 1996 classic starring Billy Zane, The Phantom. Oh yeah. Oh. So um, okay, we haven't watched the movie yet. Um, we're not going to do this every time. Sometimes we're going to watch the movie apart. We're going to make notes. We're going to come to the words come together and do the podcast. Um, and, uh, and sometimes today... we'll just come up with a movie that we've seen many, many times and just talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, no need to rewatch Ghostbusters, I think. Yeah, um, or but... The Mask of Zorro. Right. We might want well, to. We have to watch that just because I, I really want to watch that film again. Um, but we'll talk about the connection to Mask of Zorro. So let me ask you, what do you remember about this film? <laughs> because I remember fragments, but very clearly. Okay. I haven't seen this since I'm going to say I was 13. 14. So I, I have never owned this before. This is my first time owning this movie. This is a uh, um, the recent Blu-ray release. Um, basically, uh, I remember having it recorded off TV. I remember my mum, our mum. <laughs> oh, we're brothers, by we're the brothers, way. We're brothers, yes. Um, <laughs> this is going well, I think. She, uh, she used to disparage my taste occasionally. Um, she used to hate the fact that I used to watch things over and over and over again. It used to drive her insane. Um, and this was one of those movies that she was like, oh, what a load of rubbish. Oh, Jonathan. Jonathan, what a load of rubbish. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think I watched it that many times, but I remember enjoying it when I did. It's like just fun. Do you remember how old you were when you last saw this? No. Give me I a don't. guess. It must have been, it must have been in England because uh, the last time I saw oh, it was on VHS. Um, I remember it. Say, I remember seeing it here. Um, so but we, we emigrated to Israel. I emigrated to Israel in 2002, you in 2003. Mm-hmm. So when I say last time I saw it was in a England. A long time ago. Yeah, we're talking like upwards of 20 years. <laughs> so I remember, I remember just scenes and quotes. I remember the thing where he's like in the, I don't know, he comes out of the elevator and he like dramatically puts the... The guns in his holster. You're gonna see it. It's like it's okay. so fucking camp. But like, <laughs> what I have to say about it is that Billy Zane. Not only did he get into incredible shape for this film, but he also he fucking goes for it. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be in hysterics. Could you give us maybe just before we start watching the movie for those who aren't familiar with the Phantom? Could you perhaps? Give us a bit of a synopsis about what it's about from what you can remember. From what I can remember. So the, see, the thing is, I remember there was a, a long segment uh, in the jungle at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, Great synopsis so far. Yeah. No, I remember it being extremely cheesy. Mm-hmm. And I remember being somewhat relieved when they get to New York. It's New York, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's all like, you I know, think. he's all like, you know, he's not in his like purple leotard anymore. He's all suave in a suit. He looks like um, Billy Zane. He actually, he's one of the few actors that can really pull off that kind of like, he had the kind of like Alec Baldwin, who also starred in The Shadow, which was another one of the... He was not wearing a leotard in The Shadow. I've just recently watched a trailer for this film to get in the mood for it. He does not pull this off. I don't think no, anybody pulls that's not what I'm talking about off. him pulling off. I'm talking about him pulling off the... Because Billy Zane is one of those people that's like, he's, he's really a character actor. Um, and he turns up in all sorts of things. You might remember him as the, uh, as the bad guy in Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the bad guy in yes, Titanic. the bad guy in Titanic. He played a massive iceberg. He, he, yes, <laughs> indeed. He is the, the chief antagonist. Um, <laughs> just got an image in my head of Billy Zane in a massive <laughs> iceberg outfit. I hope you enjoy your time together. Crash. Um, yeah, no, so, uh, 
and he also turned up in uh, in random things. I, I don't know. I can't even remember off the top of my head. I should have his IMDb page open in front of me, and I will after the movie. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, and and Alec Baldwin also like he had that sort of matinee idol kind of uh, kind of feel to him. Sure. And he also and and you know later on in life he he got a little bit heavy and he went off and did uh, you know like these wonderful character parts like uh like Harry for example, chest yes um indeed he is also uh, the bad guy in the movie the cooler like mm-hmm. played a gangster called Shelly. Yeah. like completely against type absolutely brilliant he's also a fantastic comedian and i felt like billy zane um uh was also able to sort of slip into those different skins uh, and I think this is the, yeah. uh, a very different kind of movie for him. I, right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember him doing this kind of uh, role. I think this sort of movie would be different for anyone. I feel like everyone in this movie, you look at them and you go, this is an interesting choice. Yeah. See, I'm sort of like downplaying it because I, I know that where I am now in life, I'm not going to enjoy this nearly <laughs> as much as I did when I was a teenager. But I'm willing to be surprised. Like, I'm just going to go at like... If this is anywhere near the Rocketeer or the Shadow, I'll I'll be happy. I highly doubt it. It won't be. It's not. But like, <laughs> look, it's I remember, <laughs> I remember Christy Swanson. Mm. Who wouldn't? Um, and uh, <laughs> um, sorry for those listening. <laughs> like, there's people watching. Um, that was visual as a gag. Why did Johnny? Why did you laugh? Why did I laugh? Because you just said, I mean, who wouldn't? And I was in the middle of drinking and I just like smoothed out my drink. So fantastic. Okay, then. Um, so Painting a picture for you. Yeah. So Christy Swanson, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. Um, and uh, she also turned up in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, if I remember correctly. She did? Yeah. As? Uh, she was the student who... Uh, who spoke up in uh, uh, what's his name the uh, the teacher's class the Bueller Bueller mm-hmm. so uh, so she spoke up and, and said that he's like he's sick or something like that I can't remember I don't know I've seen that movie so many times like I would and now think, I've had a blank I would think that that tiny little role wouldn't stick in your mind but just this is the perfect opener for a podcast to introduce you to what what you're about to get into is those tiny fragments of trivia <laughs> that you would think wow who who would know this. Johnny knows this. But I had a major, cr- a major crush on her, so, you know. <laughs> and, and many others. I mean, there are other women in this. Well, there's another woman <laughs> in this movie who is, like, crushable. Crush honorable? Crush- I wouldn't say crushable. I don't crush honorable. Crush is that like, uh, is that like a, a femme fatale Bond girl? I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Crush. Honorable. What, well, of course um, you are. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is in this. I forgot about that. Yeah, I could tell from the way that I'm going. Another woman's in this. That's another Mask of Zorro uh, uh, connection. Oh, my God. We didn't talk about the first one, which is that um, the teaser trailer of the Mask of Zorro that we watched on a loop has the uh, the Phantom music in it. Yeah. And we love the Phantom music. Yeah. Mostly because it just appeared in that trailer. Right. And And that was epic. Yeah. And then it uh, segues into into that scene from Drop Zone that I really enjoy. I'm so excited to watch yeah. this now. Should yeah. we go watch it? Yeah, we should go watch it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, we should mention though. Mm-hmm. Treat Williams. Treat Williams. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that I remember very, very, uh, very clearly as his uh, as the bad guy. Him chewing the scenery. Xander mercilessly. Drax. <laughs> Such an amazing name for a villain. Xander. And he Drax. plays it. It's so hammy. Like he is chewing it up. Oh, and I remember his death scene. That, yeah. you, if you, you know, that's something that's going to stick in your mind. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> we'll talk about that one. <laughs> All right, let's go watch the movie. All right, roll it. That was something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we've, we've watched the movie. Can you, just because we didn't do it before, can you tell people what the, what the film's about? Oh, God, I just watched it. And I, I don't, don't even know. know how to do this. <laughs> I don't know how to synopsisize this film. So, I, my mum was right, but that doesn't make her right. No, because <laughs> the thing is, is that you'll... I remember a lot of times that I'd be watching anything, and it would be, oh, what rubbish are you watching now? It's not... Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it, it might be rubbish. I, I think know. I enjoyed it as a kid. I enjoyed it as I, it was I colourful. definitely enjoyed this as a kid. But there's something about. First of all, we're watching it on Blu-ray, which reveals everything. Everything. Uh, the thing that I noticed most was uh, Billy Zane's stuntmen. Oh my goodness! Oh, and there were so the many stunt, the stunt women. Oh, it's it's like he lied on his CV. Like, they asked him, like, can you ride a horse? And he's like, yep, yep, I could do that. And then every right. single shot of a horse is a stuntman. It's just <laughs> so strange to me how much of that was not caught by anyone. Or, or they just anyone. didn't bother. Or they didn't care. Yeah, it feels like they... A lot... Here's the thing, right? Um, the, so, I'll, I'll try and do it, because it seems like both of us are having trouble. <laughs> um, I, th- I think we're, we're a little bit shell-shocked. I, yeah. So... The Phantom is a film, it's a superhero movie, in quotes, about um, a mantle that is passed down from father to son for about 400 years. Um, cut to 1939, was it? I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, they only had it all over the fucking movie. <laughs> like, when they go into the museum, yes. right? It's on. The, it's like, in case you needed to know what this set is that you're looking at, it's a museum in 1939. Indeed. Um, and the main character played by Billy Zane is Kit Walker, who is the current incarnation or the current person who's wearing the Phantom outfit. Now, talk a little bit about the outfit. Can you oh. describe it? Paint me a picture. What is the what, paint everyone a picture? What does he so look the thing like? is the thing is I remember um, I remember the old Spider Man TV series, yeah, like the, the from the seventies with yeah. Nicholas Hammond, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the with the twangy uh, you know seventies music, and him like okay. you know, and the the crazy stuntman climbing up the side of the building, sure. and whatever. Um, and I remember finding that costume absolutely hilarious. Right, there's not much difference nowadays in the costume. I think it's more about how it's shot. How it's cut together, how the the stuntman or actor wears it. Right. I was just gonna say, there's like, there's something about him. He seems very uncomfortable. He's like extremely in, awkward in all scenes where he's not wearing the suit. He's very superhero y. Yeah, he's got that that sort of matinee idol. This is what I was talking about before. Is that like he's he's never really been a leading man, but this mm-hmm. is the only movie where he sort of displays those chops. And he's got like a very sort of matinee idol kind of way about him. He's very charming. He's got the good looks. I even said to Side during the movie, maybe, you know, maybe he could be like, he could have been a Superman if they yeah. had made a Superman movie in the 90s. So, so there's more to this synopsis, right? So he's wearing this, this skin tight purple spandex Kind of see-through. It's as if it's, it's made out of netting. a few layers of tights. Right. It, exactly. Like I said to Johnny at the beginning of the movie, I was like, 
Are you noticing this is slightly see-through? Like, so the I thing is, every time skin. you could see his butt, like every time he's sort of like bent over. He's wearing underpants. Though. He's wearing underpants, but it looks... Purple underpants. He's wearing purple underpants. Right. And it looks like it looks like a, a, a woman wearing panties um, with tights over them, basically. But with Billy Zane's with buttocks. Billy Zane's butt, yeah. So, and, and obviously purple. So he's, he's wearing this skin-tight purple... Thing. Oh, also, his, his nipples are a featured character. all the time yeah, through yeah. the mood. Just like, yeah, he must have been very cold he, throughout. Or aroused. Anyway, he's... What was it we came up with? Spandection. Spandection, <laughs> yeah. An erection in spandex. Because, <laughs> I don't know, you know, he's kissing, uh, you know... Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson, and he's hanging out with Catherine Zeta-Jones, so excuse my spandection. Anyway, so... Stop getting me off track, because this is only supposed to oh, take right. 30 seconds, okay. so you keep derailing this. So, <laughs> right. Billy Zane's wearing spandex, and he's got an erection, and his nipples are showing. Um, he's wearing unterpantsy, <laughs> and he's um, he's protecting um, these jungle artifacts and skulls and people and whatnot. And these bad guys come in, representing one of them representing... A pirate brotherhood of some kind, uh, who are the, randomly, yeah. Like we don't understand. And he's his also dressed like a, like evil Indiana Jones for some reason. Yeah, he's uh, he's um, Dexter's uh, yeah James Remar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's really good at Dexter, right? Right. Like, there's no line that he delivers in this film, and I'm not going. Mm-hmm. He's generally very threatening, yeah. um, and in this movie, not it, it not could be the direction, it could be the writing, I don't know. I, I think, so this is what I was saying to Shosh, because my wife was uh, watching the movie with us when we started, and she made, how far in did she make it, 10 minutes? No, a little minutes, more than that. Like 20 minutes, like, she tried. She, she, left, really... she left before New York. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, she just like, she was like pulling it to pieces from moment one. And I was like, at some point, like, just trying to, no, stop. I want to, I want to try and enjoy this. But it was just like, even I couldn't deny how bad it was. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to admit there's a certain nostalgia factor going on here. Yeah, because yeah, we watched it when we were kids and she's coming to it fresh and she's right. like, why do you like this? And I understand that. But, but anyway, not, just the, like, not just like we watched it as kids, but also the kind of movie kind that of it movie, represents. Yeah. And the, and the era that it represents. So, I want to talk about that in a minute, but just to finish the synopsis, <laughs> the synopsis. is that there's, like, these these um, three skulls, which, towards the end of the movie, are revealed to be four. Um, yes. and, and it's not mentioned anywhere else in the film until that last, like, 20 minutes. I checked the timestamp where that happens. <laughs> um, and they're like, you know... The movie's very exposition heavy, but they keep repeating the same things. Anyway, so that and there's this bad guy called Xander Drax. Xander Drax. Xander Drax. Begins with an X, ends with an X. So amazing. Um, <laughs> and and he's trying to get his hands on these skulls, and it feels like he only just learned about them. But even at the end of the movie, when he, he picks them up and puts them together, he's like. At last, like he's been searching for, so it's really not clear what what the fuck's going on. He's a mobster. He's an occultist. Who knows what the hell he is? And he's a, he's a Lex Luthor type. Yeah, it's like really, it's not clear. Um, 
And that's that's basically the the gist. Well, of it's the funny movie. that you say that uh, it's taken us so long to get through the synopsis because there's very like and it's exposition heavy, but like but it's very light on plot. It's got no. So here's the thing: it's got very very few moving parts, but they seem to be driving those moving parts forward with with. I've just written here in my notes. Listen, look at this exposition. <laughs> Exposition, and then here, so much exposition, and then underneath that, more exposition, and then, um, Mr. Drax, exposition, 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 exposition. for skull, right? And yeah, there was that scene where like one of the characters is like talking to Mr. Drax, and he goes, "But Mr. Drax," and I turned to you and I went, "Exposition, exposition, exposition," because <laughs> that's what he's fucking doing all the way through the movie. So I have a question for you right off the yes. bat at the beginning of the movie, right? right. They go into the, the the bad guys um, cross a rope bridge. Um, they get to the a cave. Temple of Doom rope bridge. Very badly done. Um, there's a skull in there that they're looking for. Or they're not quite sure what they're looking for. And uh, one of the bad guys, one of the henchmen, his name is Styles. He gets killed by a skeleton. Yes. Ha- what? <laughs> can you? Can you? Like, I just, I want to do this thing on this podcast where I'm just going to throw these things out to you, and I just want you to justify it within the world of the movie, like how okay. it happened. Okay, so um, you're talking to the wrong person about the wrong movie. <laughs> right. Because there, there is no justification here. I, I honestly don't think... I, <sighs> it's a skeleton prop that just puts its arms around... Because the, the mythology isn't really very well thought out or mapped out. And we're talking about something that's been... It's based on a comic book, an existing property. I don't know property. about the comic book story at all. I don't like, know about I've the comic book story either. So the point is that the, the movie that's based on the comic book should be giving you all of that information. But it feels like they just did it in a very... Like, they're not... Look, I was saying to Shosh when we, were, when we started this, right? Uh, she's like, why is it so bad? Why is the acting so bad? And I said... Like, just trying to justify it in some way. Like, this is before Hollywood knew how to make superhero movies, right? Right. What would you say is, like, the first one that didn't feel super camp? Like, I'd say even X-Men feels super camp. Maybe X2? Okay, but so... But, like, there's other ones, I'm sure. So this is the thing. The the first superhero property, I think, that got successfully and made into a movie was Superman. Right. And then, um, you know, cut to... You know, several like a couple of bad Superman sequels and some imitators and whatever, and you end up with uh, with Batman eighty nine, which is a complete right. one eighty from Superman. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, this is ninety six, by the way, Phantom. This is ninety six. Okay, so eighty nine. You're talking about seven years later. So maybe that what I just said is absolute bullshit because Batman eighty nine is is a great movie. It's fantastic. However, the the thing about Batman eighty nine is that um, is that it's half a Tim Burton movie. Mm. And then Batman Returns comes in three years later and is a completely Tim Burton movie mm-hmm. um, that he com- that he submerges that all of that that comic booky stuff into his uh, into his like world into his sensibilities into his creepy creepy mind. Yeah. Um, but then in the meantime, you've got movies like The Rocketeer mm. and The Shadow that came out in '94 um, and uh, Dick Tracy as well. You know, like also so, so Dick th- Tracy. I think if we were to watch it, we'd be pointing out a lot I, of I did I watched problems. it not long ago actually does, does it live up to um it's actually like there are certain parts of it that are surprisingly dull for a movie that is 
primarily built up of comic book panels and primary colors. Okay. Um, but uh, but there are also some moments that are really that are really great in it. And I uh, the funny thing is that Madonna made an action made a quite a good femme fatale. Right. And she's actually quite good in it, um, which is weird to think that you know because she because she's not a great actress. No. No. Okay. I mean, possibly like uh, up to a certain point. I don't remember a league of their own, but I don't remember her annoying me in it. Um, but you know, then you come to things like Die Another Day, and she has like a, you know, like a thirty-second cameo, and you're like, why, 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 yeah, why? Absolutely. Get her off my screen. <laughs> I like to keep keep my tip up. Oh, oh dear lord. Dear. Um, so I have another question about the beginning of the movie, right? So the natives start banging on drums when they realize that the skull is found and it's been threatened and and taken and all of that. Right. And then there's just an overly long compilation of animals in the jungle Mm -hmm. reacting to it and losing their shit. And I'm like, (laughs) I was just like very confused about like, are they afraid of the shadow? Are they afraid of the drums? Like the shadow, the shadow, the The phantom, Phantom. just the movie I wish I'd been watching. (laughs) Um, and so, like, there's just something about the production values of this movie that are just not as good as The Rocketeer and The Shadow. The funny thing is, though, that if you look at The Shadow and, yeah. and look at it on Blu-ray specifically, um, there are some extended sets mm-hmm. in that movie. For example, the bridge scene. Yeah, I know exactly and what you're it, talking about. It looks about, like yeah. a backdrop. And both sides are exactly the same backdrop. So when they reverse the camera angle, they're just shooting to the same backdrop. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there, there are like, I, I don't think a lot of it was shot on location. This movie looked like, you know, a lot of it was shot on location, possibly in Hawaii, maybe not in the jungles of Ben See, that's how much we care about it, is that we're remembering the locations. Yeah. This movie features New York. Yeah, um, but it, it's really it's quite nicely shot. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I enjoyed the opening sequence. I thought that was very well done. Um, you did? It, yeah. I mean, okay. like, I mean, okay. First of all, the you know you got the you got the little phantom segment, which is only like thirty seconds. It's very short. You mean the the opening prologue? The opening thing. prologue. Okay. Yeah, they should have given a little bit more time to that. If they had done that and given it some more time, they wouldn't have had to spread their exposition all the way throughout every <laughs> right. single scene. Right. But then you've got like for for like the first five minutes. Yeah. Perhaps until the skeleton throttles the guy. Um, you know, you've got like the the makings of a of an Indiana Jonesy type adventure, and then. Billy Zane turns up in his awkward costume. So I do want to say something good about Billy Zane that I wrote in my notes, like at the right. beginning of the movie. Because I we do like Billy Zane. I mean, I like Billy Zane. I don't like Billy Zane. You don't like Billy Zane. I, well, I mean, I the things I have seen him in make me go, oh, that's why he's not in more stuff. <laughs> but that's not like I don't think he's a bad actor. I actually I think he in this movie. He is oozing that kind... When he's not in the costume, that kind of charm and right. ruggedly whatever. But I want to say, he's in great fucking shape. Oh, yeah. And when he throws a punch, there's like a scene where he jumps into the truck at the beginning. And he just nuts that guy in the face. Right. Right? There's like... Do you remember you were talking to me about Roger Moore in... Um, uh, no. What is it called? What? A View to a Kill. Yes. Right? Okay. And you were saying... At this point, I don't believe that Roger Moore can punch a guy in the face and not get out of breath. 
right? And and I'm like, if you're a, and you were like, but Daniel Craig in in Casino Royale, you believe he can fucking shred a guy into pieces, right? Right. So like, that's something really important to me. Like when I when I watch like superhero movies, like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen um, the behind the scenes of like Superman where uh, he's working out in the gym. Yeah. And you're seeing him, like, he's actually putting in the work. Like, now now with superhero movies, that's, like, a must. Like, the actor has to be shredded, Chris Hemsworth. Like, yeah, but at the same time, like, if, you look at, if you look at Zod's suit, if you look at Michael Shannon's suit, mm-hmm. um, it's padded out, and he it's did... It's CG, it. most of it. Well, no, I mean, I, like, you can see him, like, in the behind-the-scenes footage on, on set, like, that he's got... Um, uh, that he's been working out and he's been he's been lifting and yeah. really trying to build himself up, but he's much more slight than Henry Cavill, and they yeah. had to build him up to make him to make him match up. And the thing is that uh, that a lot of those superhero suits, even if the uh, the actor's been been like really Bulking pumping it up, in. you know, like the Batman suit as well, you know, it's never going to be like nylon. Right, like uh, you know, netting, like, like the uh, <laughs> yes, netting. like the like the material of my pop filter, you know. <laughs> like, right, it's um, which is exactly if you want to know what the Phantom looks like without actually going it. Just if you've ever seen a pop filter that goes over a microphone, <laughs> imagine that stretched over Billy Zane's body <laughs> right. with his nipples it. poking through it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, the there was a lot of like, um, you know, you know, when you have like a checkered shirt. Mm-hmm. on a tv screen and yeah. it starts to like go nuts and it makes your eyes go yeah f- fizzy yeah so that that the uh the that material was going a little bit nuts on that the, the blu-ray yeah, wasn't it was resolving it very, well. it very well yeah um i have a question for you yeah i hope you can answer this one. Oh dear is a horse faster than a plane <laughs> so you asked me that while we were watching the movie and my my response was um, Goldeneye was made the year before. Yeah. Is a falling man faster than a falling man? Well, I mean, plane? the answer to that by everybody who watches that movie is, huh? Right? <laughs> right. No. Um, but, but also, same something... director, also another another um, uh, crime of uh, of cinema is the uh, is the horse in The Legend of Zorro jumping on the moving train. Right. So is a horse faster than a moving train? So, so, so here's the thing. I think that kind of suspension of disbelief is only possible when you aren't selling how far the distance is, right? (laughs) Like they were doing. They were fucking driving this home. So what happens is, is that the Phantom rescues, um, is it Kirsty or Christy Swanson? Christy. Christy Swanson, right? He rescues her. He gets her in a plane. He takes off in the plane. The bad guys, they shoot it. The, the, the oil's coming out of the, out of the fuel tank. He doesn't notice that, right? Until obviously the plane goes, and it's like, oh my god, we're out of fuel. We'll have to take her down, right? That's what he says, right? Right. Quote. Um, and sort of like, they are selling just how far away his horse is, where he left it. Which is very realistic. He left his horse there. It wouldn't have just followed him. But then what they do is his dog, sorry, his wolf, <laughs> leaves the place way after he's taken off in in the in the airplane. And he the, the, the wolf... Meets the horse, and then there's a moment where the horse and the wolf are having some kind of animal conversation. The horse nods its head up and down, right? It's like, we gotta save Kit, let's go! You got it, Musty, right? Like, it's like very, very strange. And like, Shosh was just <coughs> dying. Like, she was like, yeah, this is where I'm out, right? Right. And so, so like, That's where she's out. Not from, not from the murderous corpse. No, not at all. No, she was like... She was like, okay, you know, Sai said it was going to be cringe. So, okay. So, like, the horse starts running, and they're going down in a plane, 
and then the horse is still running, and it's still in, like, a foresty area, but they're, like, in an open sort of area. Yeah. There are trees. And then this whole sequence culminates in, in the Phantom jumping out of the plane and onto, um, you know, the horse, which is somehow magically teleported there at top speed. <laughs> um... And I think, I think that, like, you know, the, the dogs, like, tried to keep up and has sort of given up and had a fag in the corner, you know, like, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <gasps> and, okay, we should point out, just for our American listeners, that uh, we Brits... Um, you know, <laughs> he's not having a fag in the corner. He's, <laughs> no, no, he's having a, a smoke and he's smoking. It's smoking. It, a fag is a cigarette. Sorry, I just, thank you for pointing that out. That well, could have then. easily been misconstrued. Yes. Um, and, um, and, and, yeah, so, so, like, it culminates in this thing in Christy Swanson's... <laughs> stunt woman like smiling at the camera as she goes by like full face like the hair is like blown back from her face i'm not the actress who was playing this character a minute ago and then you know she jumps onto the horse behind him and i'm just like is a horse faster than a plane and i didn't ask that question about pierce brosnan jumping off a motorbike and landing it. Like, obviously, that doesn't make sense, but there's something about the way that it's edited and something about the way that it's presented to you that it's like, this is possible. Even though you know it's not. There's a lot of things that you know are not. Right. Um, So, yeah. So, I could could see what they were trying to do there. Like, from the very beginning where, you know, you have the... There's the the truck Mm -hmm. on the rope bridge and it's... uh, And the rope bridge is collapsing. It's turning upside down and whatever. They're trying to do the, uh, you know, those uh, 40s serials... With the cliffhangers and all that kind of stuff, they were yeah. just, they, they, that was the way the movie was was built. Um, I think if they would have had a little bit more of that and a little bit less of the uh, expositional scenes, that you exposition, know, exposition, why exposition. They, they really could have been cut. <laughs> My name is Basil Exposition. <laughs> Basil Exposition from British Intelligence. Yes, <laughs> off you fuck. Yes, indeed. Um, so there's a lot of janky green screen and a lot of like, janky green screen. The bullet hits and ricochets like put a fucking squib inside a tree, like chip away a bit of the tree, put yeah. a squib in there, put that bit of the tree back and blow up the squib. That'll make Why do they have to composite these bad looking bullets? Sorry, so I'm... this is the thing. The compositing yeah. uh, in the 90s um was literally laying film on film top, on of, top film. of film yeah so you can see the uh, the color shift yeah and you can see the details start to start to wash out and the grain um start to wash out absolutely it's not like today where so basically this is like vfx corner right where i'm gonna come i'm gonna complain about the vfx fx corner i mean we're gonna dip in and out of the corner but like what i'm saying <laughs> is that there's like oh the thing has fallen off my mic boink boink so basically yeah compositing was basically the act of laying um you know effects and footage uh, like film strips with effects on them on top of the original film strips and and merging it with the with the film which you know obviously was very very hard work and it was something that you know you had to be amazing at and you had to make sure that you got it right because once you screwed it up that was it you're done you only have this you know and and so now what we have is we have uh, computers that you know you have your footage and it's safe on like its own layer and you have other layers of like the different composites and the act of compositing is basically taking an effects shot and putting it on top of the footage of the movie and blending it in so that it looks 
seamless. See, nowadays, um, Twitter can erupt about uh, about Sonic the Hedgehog not looking uh, exactly the way the fans wanted them to look, and they could Johnny, just change. They that were out. right. There were so many Absolutely. fucking problems. Yes, with there that. were issues. But with that's it. not but compositing. That's just no poor but character what I'm design. Saying and is, what I'm saying is that in the nineties, if they didn't like the way that a CG character looked, that was it. Yeah, that was it. I mean, look at Blob in uh, in Lost in Space. Oh my lord! Yeah. And that was only a couple of years later. Yeah. Um. Damn. So so there's like some there's some janky effects in this movie, but like I wasn't g- look. There's janky effects in the Rocketeer, and there's janky effects in in the Shadow. Not not as much. But though. I think like, that the Rocketeer is on the level of um like if you look at um if you look at Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. um or or you look at Last Crusade, like you know there's uh, there's the the moment where the um, where the tank goes over the edge of the cliff, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a map painting. Yeah, and it doesn't look amazing, but I've never heard anybody say, "Wow, Last Crusade is a shit film because it's got terrible special effects." No, no one's but, gonna right. But I'm saying that uh, that you have to have everything else to back it up. In right, order to, exactly. You know, a film and the has Rocketeer to hold up. The Rocketeer has uh, has the kind of effects that it has because that was what was available at the time. No, but there's something. So this is what I actually wanted to talk about, like with the effects, is that the the Rocketeer right has um, some really good ingenuity and like trying to like they they used um, a puppet on a blue screen and they were doing like stop motion to animate it and what I they managed really to do I wish there would have been some special features on that blu-ray because that, that behind the scenes footage is amazing it really is and um, by the way, if you guys want to watch The Rocketeer, we highly recommend it. Yeah. But like, I'd also recommend watching The Phantom if you want to listen to this podcast, because very possibly it's going to be incredibly boring to you. Yeah. I don't know what we're talking watch about. Watch The Phantom and then we'll start the podcast again. So, and, and write in and tell us how, how far you got into it before uh, you gave up. How can they get in touch with us, Jonathan? I will post my email address somewhere. Okay. Um, we'll have that sorted out my next episode, probably. Um, so, so what I want to say about that is that there's like a lot of good things happening and smart decisions being made by the people who are behind the VFX of the Rocketeer and like the, um, the compositing may not hold up on Blu-ray and it may not be as good, but they are selling momentum and movement. And, you know, the Rocketeer is a, is a guy who has a rocket pack strapped to his back and, you know, with Superman in 78... 78, yeah. Um, so they had Christopher Reeves on, on a Reeve, yeah, on a back on a, on a blue screen with backwards project, projections. They, sometimes they used, there were some shots like this and some yeah. shots like that, um, and not backwards projections, front just projection, back, front projection. Yeah. What, what is wrong with me? VFX artist, get out. Um, and and you know like. They couldn't sell his speed and momentum, but in the Rocketeer, there are some shots where he's like barreling towards the airplane yeah. at top speed. We don't need to talk about that movie. I'm sure we'll do our own episode about that. No, but, like- but also I think there's a there's a big difference. Um, and this is this is where you can see what you know if people want to know what the director does, what the editor does, mm-hmm. you know what the choreographer does. For God's sake, um, because uh, the choreography in the Phantom is. Um, Lacking, to be fair. Um, say what you want to say. It, it's, it's shit. It's a bit rubbish. It's shit. No, it's not a bit rubbish. It's shit. It's shit. It's it's like the. It makes you want to fall over and puke. No, because because there are some there are some like um, camera moves and and things like that that are very slick, and then suddenly it looks like everybody's drunk. Yeah. You know they're throwing drunken punches and you know, and then you know there's this one moment where it looks like 
Catherine Zeta-Jones went the wrong way a second and then she sort of turns around and comes back. So, she was supposed to be pushed out the way, well, right? Yeah, but, like, but it, it looks just, like she's trying to run in a direction and then goes, oh, no, 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 that way. So there you go. You've got the choreographer did, um, did a certain job. And, uh, you know, and if the editor didn't like that job, uh, you know, it's his job to, to cut it, to, to like, you know, cut it before. Yeah, some shots go on way, go on my, way, way longer long. than they need to. To, like, tighten it up just a little bit. There's this, there's the, to illustrate this point, there's a, there's a scene where one of the mobsters who's with Xander Drax, um, <laughs> he, he, he double crosses him, crisscross, and he points his gun at the pirate which we haven't even gotten to the fucking pirates yet um, but he's like but and and they say he they say something in i don't want to make a mistake what language are they talking same brotherhood language um wow he says that it's old pirate speak right okay so he, they're talking in old pirate speak what the fuck why did i even worry that they were gonna no, but have a language there's also it? there's also that moment where where something happens like somebody gets caught on a rope or something like that yeah okay so there's a trap laid for two of the bad guys at the beginning oh, yeah, of the movie yeah, yeah. and um and it's like one of those things where you know they they the, you step into uh, into a trap and a rope tightens around your leg and you get pulled up yeah, yeah. so apparently the people the people that were pulling them up are called the rope people <laughs> brilliant the rope people I, I mean okay jeffrey boehm is a is a good writer okay what is, for those who don't know who he is what has he written so he wrote uh, the movie inner space um Fantastic and there's also movie. directed by joe dante there's a joe dante connection to this movie as well um all right yeah yeah um so he wrote inner space he wrote lethal weapon 2 with shane black he wrote uh lethal weapon 3 um, you know, I think Good he movies. also co-wrote uh, Last Crusade, or, or mm-hmm. possibly wrote that by himself. I'm not sure. I think he wrote it by himself, actually. You know, he's he's not a he's not a bad writer by any means. Um, my question is, what the fuck happened? Um, but then, you know, I also look at director uh, Simon Winsor, um, and the only movie I, I looked at his filmography. The only movie that I've ever seen of his is a movie called Harlequin. That was made in the eighties. Mm. That I remember, my I was in boarding school. My housemistress, for some reason, was obsessed. <laughs> what is a housemistress? For those she, who don't, she was the don't one, know British boarding. Well, schools. I mean, you know, when you're at home, your your mum takes care of you. Uh, you know, when you're in boarding school, you're like, what is it, forty boys in a, you know, in a in 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 a you know dorm, and you're taken care of by a housemistress and a housemaster. What do you mean taken care of? Well. <laughs> <laughs> taken care of in the same way that your mother would take care of you dirty bastard <laughs> bearing in mind your mother is my mother so that was also a self burn there so self I, I have no idea what just happened i'm gonna gloss over that wow <laughs> yeah um let's so, not send this to our parents uh, yeah i i would i was Im- i was imagining that that was uh, that was gonna be the case anyway um because we can't be trusted not yeah um so yeah you mean so, i can't be trusted. so the movie harlequin with uh, robert powell is um is about a guy who is you know has magic powers and and whatever and uh, that's about all I remember of it apart, apart from the fact that it was a very it was an Australian movie I think I think he's an Australian director and it's very I don't know bland okay bleak kind of I don't Dark. know yeah I don't know yeah I, I I just I don't remember it very well I just remember like I I saw that on the on his filmography and I thought huh that's a bit of an about turn. Because, you know, it's very much not the same kind of movie in any way, shape, or form. And that's fine. Mm. You know, a director can, can, can sort of dip his toe. do different in. things. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, sometimes you, 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 see, you see a director like, uh, 
you know, George Miller, who directed Mad Max, and, you know, yeah. he'll direct Babe Pig in the City, and you're like, what now? Like, where did that come from? Um, Babe Pig in the City. If that had been, like, anything like Mad Max, that would have been a movie I would have watched with, like, animals taking out guns and putting paint on their faces and, like, sort of getting into, like, tricked-out cars with, like, spikes coming out. Brilliant. I'd watch it. Make it I'd happen. I'd watch it. Let's do it. Um, so, uh, so, about Catherine Zeta. Right. This was before her breakout. What's... Her breakout was uh, was the Mask of Zorro, What's I believe, with... right? I have to bring up the necrophilia line, because okay. this freaked me out a bit. I didn't expect it. It sort of made me do a double take. So, Kit Walker, the Phantom, right. Billy Zane, has been captured by Xander Drax, right? <laughs> Starts with an X and ends with an X. Right. Right? And... Um, they say something about, okay, well, kill this guy, right? And she throws out a line that nobody blinks at, which is, <laughs> leave the body for me when you're done. <laughs> and I right. sort of was, I was like, what? Did you hear that? And you were like, what? And I said, did you hear what, what's with the necrophilia? Like, now, I might have been is... making notes about whatever just happened before that. <laughs> I'm so confused by it. Like, I don't know. There's some shoddy acting in this movie. Really but like, shoddy acting. But right after that scene is... Okay, so Kit escapes. Right. right. The Phantom escapes. Which, by the way, in our pre-bit before watching the movie, I said there are a few scenes that I remember. One of them was him coming out of the elevator <laughs> with, the with the guns and putting them in... Very dramatically putting them back in the holsters. And I was like, if that happens now, then the rest of the things I remember are going to happen too. And it happens exactly as I remember it. It's so bad. So again, you have to blame the director, the choreographer, and the editor for... All of that shit. Like, I mean... Some of it's on the actor, right? I mean... Some of it's on the actor, but I think... He has to be comfortable in the costume, and if he's not... He doesn't look comf- comfortable or confident, and he doesn't look like he can sell it, and there are certain things that he really does sell, but there are things... Like... There's the scene I think in... the costume in... is to blame for a lot of that stuff, yeah. because in general, it's very off-putting. Um, and it, you wanted to talk about X Men earlier, yeah, like, exactly. Um, that they completely changed the uh, the costumes because but that's they what thought... they say in the movie is, right. is he says like you know you guys go out in these outfits and he's like well what do you prefer yellow spandex right because it's almost like a nod to the fact that you you have to adapt and this is also about the writing as well like I imagine that he was you know sitting in a room with the comic books he had like some of them and he's like wow this dialogue's really cheesy i'm going to put this in and it's like well well you need to adapt the the feeling of these stories but not necessarily it, it won't translate well to the screen so i think that that's part of what makes x-men and x-men 2 so good is how they've adapted these characters for like a a, a big screen outing or it was um, like written by committee as well because you don't know also, how much you don't uh, know how much interference yeah. was was put in because there's ham. a little bit of uh, behind the scenes trivia here that's uh, that's very strange and interesting okay the phantom when it was originally pitched was originally going to be directed by Sergio Leone no no who is Sergio Leone Sergio Leone is the uh, Italian director of uh, spaghetti westerns mm um, once okay. upon a time in the West. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, I don't... by movie, not by name. I mean, I can understand the connection because there are some Western elements in it. Mm-hmm. Not again. Not saying that uh, that every director has to stick to his genre, but um, but like you have to kind of think like what would 
X find interesting about this material, especially since at the time it wasn't cool yeah. to make comic book movies, and comic book movies were generally um, were generally camp. Yeah. Um, I mean, like uh, you know, there's there's definitely a plucky G whiz charm about the Rocketeer. And Absolutely. The um, you know, but it's also it's about the it's about the delivery as well. Right. Like if an actor can deliver a cheesy line in a way that feels genuine as a um, outcome of having lived in a certain era and this is how people talk and you know if you can sell me that then I will also Timothy Dalton doesn't miss a beat in the Rocketeer. Well, also the the Rocketeer. First of all, props to to Joe Johnston there because he is. Uh, you know, he's a director who's, who's done so many uh, films that I loved in my childhood. Honey, mm-hmm. I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and also, uh, you know, Captain America, he, he, he directed also a great movie. Um, and I, I just think that, um, oh, Jumanji. Jumanji says. Oh, that was yeah, his as well? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and also, uh, and I think that, that possibly he had the thankless task of taking on Jurassic Park 3 after Spielberg had made 2 mm. and 1. Um, so, uh, or one and two, one and two. No, I was going to say that he made two Jurassic Park movies, but then, oh, I I, see, yeah, I, see, I, then see. I kind of like went back on myself. I don't know why <laughs> anyway. Um, but, but yeah, so you've got Joe Johnson in there, but you've also got a great script. Um, you know, like, uh, like the, the whole thing about, uh, about, you know, this, this guy's being fitted for a pine overcoat. I love that. Yeah. That kind of those forties, like, uh, like lines, he's going to punch me in my kiss and you're going to let him walk. Like, I love yeah. that stuff. And it's, and it's delivered so well. It's That's delivered so well, and... but it's also so smart because you can imagine Cary Grant saying that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, so it feels like this just missed it tonally. Like it was completely, not, it but missed like it on a lot of no. Levels. I'm I'm saying that like the the delivery of those lines tonally, the tone of the line was not quite right. right. By the way, I've written here, which is the two the two next ones. <laughs> Such an idiot. I don't know how to take notes properly, but what I've written is best acting in movie is red faced cop who blows a whistle. <laughs> 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 There's a scene where, where where he's escaped, you know, from the bad guy. We're doing this in chronological order. We are doing I, it quite I, well. I, I, and yeah. he's jumping from taxi to taxi. By the way, he gets into the taxi. He meets a taxi driver and he pays him as Kit Walker, like in diamonds, like right. lots and lots of money to follow him around all it's, day. And, by and the way, it's Aguado from, uh, from, from Ace Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. And he's, um, you know, he's like, my name's Al, which... All of the sidekicks. No, no, no. He says, Al. you can Al. call me Al. You can call me Al. Sorry. Which I believe is a reference. <laughs> to the song? Yeah, possibly. Dear, oh dear. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, and, and and the Phantom gets in the car and he, you know, he says, drive. And he's like, take my money, whatever you want. And because he's now like, he's in his suit. Right. He's right. now in the, sorry. Yeah. He's in the Phantom suit. And he goes, don't worry. I'm a friend of Kit Walker's. <laughs> and it's like, this suit isn't even sticking to his face properly in the, in the way yeah. that it looks like it it's looks also, like it's him. wider. I, I hate those, um, those, uh, disguises. Like Robin's disguise, for example, is the same thing. It's, a, it's just a black mask over his eyes, but you can tell yeah. who it is. Exactly. Um, you know, so, it, and Kit Walker definitely, I mean, anybody who's been, you know, Christy Swanson at the very end of the movie says, oh, I know who you are, Kit. And it's like, well done. No, but also, <laughs> also, they just had that conversation. We'll get to the end of the movie. Oh, right? Right. They're, they're, just come back to this, right? Yeah, yeah, so, okay. so he's jumping, he gets out of the cab because, you know policemen start chasing him so that whole thing with al pointless um and he jumps from car to car to car to car yep obviously and uh, work from billy zane stuntman yeah (laughs) which is hidden not at all yeah um and and there's a shot of a cop who's like 
basically signaling to other cops, get that guy who's on the... And he sells it. His face goes red. His cheeks puff out as he blows on the whistle. The whistle is loud. He looks... His eyes are intense. His eyebrows have gone crazy, right? That guy, fucking Oscar. That's all I'm saying, right? And then underneath this, which is why I started laughing, because I don't know... I've just written... Best acting is red-faced cop who blows a whistle. And then there's a scene where he goes into the into the zoo and he climbs over the wall. And I've just written, but, 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 but. Because all we see is Billy Zane's <laughs> right. butt climbing over a wall. Lit. Just. What happens when you shine a light on, uh, on, on tights? I mean, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't you have get, to answer you, the question, you, you just leave the it there. Yeah. Um, apparently, some movie trivia is that in that scene in the in the zoo, the phantom was actually meant to wrestle a lion. I but did not realise that. They didn't film it. And the reason that I told you this pointless piece of trivia is because they shouldn't have shot that whole section. That whole thing was as pointless as him wrestling a lion. Right. But I but I, I, did sort of go, huh, that's interesting. Because he, at one point, he sort of strokes a tiger. Mm-hmm. And, and it looks like a real tiger. And he's in the room with a real tiger. Right. Yeah, no, but they don't use it to any kind of effect later on. No it makes no sense whatsoever. There's this no, thing. No it, they're trying to sell the idea that he's, you know, he's lived in the jungle. And he can, you know, talk to and comfort animals. That in no way is this referenced at any point in a way that can help him in the movie. No, not so, at all. But yeah. I, but I can, I, I, I must point out though that uh, even though we can see the the stunt people all the time, mm-hmm. um, and it's, uh, you know, it's right, it's rather funny. They did do all that stuff for real. Yeah, there's a lot of practical. Like stuff Like it's in not a movie. CG tiger. Yeah, it's like it's a real tiger. It's not a puppet. It's a real tiger. And and also all the stuff in the, you know, climbing out of the plane. You know, the people actually doing that. Um, Do you know what you said that made me really laugh during that section? What, what? Is you said, oh, that's a real tiger, not like a cat that they've put in perspective and painted to look like a tiger. And I'm like, of course it's a tiger. No, obviously. No, I know you were like, but like, it was right. just the way that you said it, like so genuinely, like, huh. No, because like, because me. at this point in the movie, I wouldn't have put it fucking past them. Right. It's so bad. Anyway, sorry. No, but watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch the movie. This Such is a recommendation. Movie. You should yeah, definitely yeah, watch yeah, this yeah. movie. Get drunk. Yeah, hi, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also put a question mark at the end of that one. Phantom was meant to wrestle a lion? Okay, then. What have you got? What have I got? Um, okay, trivia corner. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, um, this... this... <clears throat> trivia corner. Trivia corner. I would say that, um, that this is a bullet dodged um, because originally Bruce Campbell was cast. <sighs> or was almost cast. Really? Yeah. Now you can't exactly say that Bruce Campbell has. You yeah, know, have had... to tell people who Bruce Campbell Bruce is. Campbell I know, but is you know, um, but... Bruce Campbell is Bruce Campbell is Sam Raimi's um, Robert De Niro, I guess. Sam Raimi, director of uh, Evil Dead, X mm-hmm. uh, Men. <laughs> no, not X Men. Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. director of Evil Dead, Spider Man. You know, Spider Man Two. Drag Spider-Man Me to Hell, 3. which was going to be the first movie we were going to review, but that didn't happen. I would have loved to have done that. Amazing. We'll do it next time. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So uh, Bruce Campbell is his muse. And um, he liked to torture him and uh, throw blood at him and all sorts of things like that. Um, I wouldn't say that uh, that Bruce Campbell has had the the most sort of movie star career. Uh, I think he's probably you know if you if you listen to him in interviews, he sounds like he's happy with the with the cult things that he's done. But I think that uh, you know in general he probably would have been happy to have avoided this mess. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Bullet dodged. 
bullet. That's a good one. I didn't know that. Yep. There you go. Bruce Campbell. Lovely. Um, Could we talk for a second about some of the... um, I don't know if you have anything before this, but... Okay. So... Xander Drax finds the the treat second. Will- By the way, it's Treat Williams, um, Treat Williams, who uh, who is also in uh, Stephen Summers' Deep Rising. Yep, um, and uh, and is quite a charismatic actor. He is. Um, he's having an absolute ball here. That that is obvious. Like he knows that this is complete and utter rubbish. Bollocks. Yeah, and he's enjoying himself. <laughs> he's he's selling a he's lot of also, his lines. I think he's also wearing teeth. Is he? It looks like he's wearing teeth. That was the first question I wrote down was, is Treat Williams wearing teeth? <laughs> Amazing. Um, he's he's really good, but I, I was wondering, there's a scene... Okay, so next part of the movie before they catch a Kit Walker, right? But we're just going back a bit and then we'll come back to, right. to the present. Is, um, I don't think anybody in, cares. No one, not at <laughs> all. No, the, the, all the no one who's listening. <laughs> yes, so indeed. basically you've got the two... The, the There are three skulls... Um, later revealed to be four to no consequence um and um or set up or set up whatsoever <laughs> just thrown away in pirate language whatever um, although the original teaser poster was uh the phantom punching the uh the camera yeah yeah you, see, the, you can see the, the mm-hmm, skull there's ring a skull on, on it. it no no that's it's, the poster that says slam evil on it it's very very clear that he's wearing a skull ring right i'm just saying in the lore of the movie it's not mentioned anyway right. so he finds the second skull in a museum. The skull very conveniently points on a map where he needs to go, which Johnny pointed out. Yeah, so yeah. so basically he puts the two skulls that he's already collected together and it shoots out this beam of green light, um, which it's green, right? Green, but who gives a don't. shit? Well, it's either green or red, I can't remember. Anyway, I think it's green. Okay. Oh, it's usually green. Um, there we go. Shadow, shadow. reference. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, baby. Uh, the great Ian McKellen there. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the, it, it shoots out. Now, it's supposed to point the way to the third skull. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beam of light finds a map that is on a map of the world that is on the wall. Just now, it <laughs> makes sense that it would be on the wall. It is a museum. It is a museum. However, of world what, history. What if. You um, put those two skulls together and you would say at home or in the jungle or, um, you know, in the toilet or something like that. And there are no maps to be found. What would it point to? Maybe they just wouldn't work. Or maybe they'd draw a map. Or maybe it would be like, uh, you know, like a computer error message and it would say no (laughs) map detected. (laughs) Right, exactly. Please try again later. Yeah. Um, So what was I saying about this? Yeah. So he's having this... That we were talking about uh, Treat Williams and how he's like, you know, getting the, <laughs> the acting. Dialogue. He just completely yeah. went off the rails there with that. <laughs> and he's in this museum scene and I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm like, he must have gotten this script. And he must have been like, this is bollocks. I'm going for it. Because like, he's going, magnificent, unbelievable, amazing. And he's like, just throwing out these words, just every like, Three seconds, four right. seconds, and it's it's so bad. But like he's going for it, and it's like, all right, well, you know, give him props; he's doing it. Um, he must have thought to himself, you know, I got a, I'm getting offered all of these like Oscar-worthy roles and stuff like that. You know, I just want to have a good time. Deep Impact, though. Deep, deep Rising. Deep Rising. Deep Impact is a good movie, but Deep, deep Rising, I remember as being solidly shit as well. Um, yeah. I, I think so. I don't remember it very well. I, look, okay, that's also the last time I watched that was probably on uh, on DVD in England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. DVD, DVD. Uh, when it was new. Yeah, yeah. Um, I when DVD was the 
next best thing. Yeah, oh but God. like, you know, Blu-ray is the thing now, so forget about DVD. Yeah. Anyway, um, what, what was uh, the next bit is that um, Drax uh, kidnaps, uh, you know, Diana, uh, Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson, um, yeah. they, they are in a cab, and suddenly oh Catherine Zeta-Jones has some sort of... I can't remember what she says to I her. She says, but... don't you care about anything? And that's like, enough. What's wrong with you? Yeah, and then why that's you enough... like this? Right, and then that's enough to make Catherine Zeta Jones go. What is wrong with me? Like she like she sort of turns around, like she's butt hurt. She's and like, she's like she's like pouting. She's like it was mean to me. It's like it's almost like like you would when a when a villain has a turnaround like that and a change of heart, you want there to be some kind of stake in it for them. Not that someone goes, "You're mean." Do you know that? And then they're like. Oh man, I am mean. I don't want to be mean. What did you think you were doing shooting all these people? Also, another thing about Catherine Zeta-Jones' character that she brags about, which has zero consequence later on in the movie. So, the Phantom comes in to rescue Diana from her. There's a room full of half-naked women who are all finished taking showers. And he goes, Alright, everybody put your hands up. Oh, ladies, apologize for my error, right? And he like closes the door. And then he comes in, whatever. He goes down the laundry chute. He goes down the laundry chute. Lands very awkwardly. Yeah, with in his, his hands in on his, his hips. Exactly. With his fists and on his hips, whatever. And then, some, I don't remember what prompts it, but Catherine Zeta-Jones says, All of my pilots are women. And he says, Interesting. And that's the last we hear of it for the rest of the film. So, uh, yeah, so she looks very hurt in that scene in the car. Right. And then, um, you know, they get to, like, the, the sort of place where it pointed on the map that the that the skulls are. And um, what the fuck is with this underground pirate lair that's, like, some kind of hidden whatever volcano? Not volcano. quite sure. I don't, I don't... Not even... I'm not sure when I stop paying attention, but I don't remember there being a volcano. Until the very end. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this thing goes it's off like, the rails. Like Watch this movie. Through... We're not making it up. It's like they were halfway through shooting it and they were like, oh, you know what? This whole thing should be a volcano. Yes! <laughs> um... It's like, love it, love it, print, take it to the... <laughs> so check the gate. So, 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 so. Um, suddenly, Catherine Zeta-Jones doesn't like the fact that Christy Swanson's being manhandled by the other characters, and she, like, punches one of those. She goes, I think us girls should stick together. You're on our side now, because I called you mean. Basically, bollocks. Um, yes. Yeah. And th- there's also, like, this whole thing, if we're going into VFX Corner now... Um, VFX corner. I want to talk about reflections. Okay. Um, there's a there's a misconception with um, VFX that what you need to do in order to create a reflection in a window is to just take the actor and just duplicate him and lower his opacity. But what you're getting <laughs> is a double image, right? We're seeing the same side of the character's face. We should be seeing a reflection of the character's face. Um, and it's, um, it's something that you could shoot, like, separately on a green screen or something. Just, like, something to have it, to have that footage. On a footage pane of glass, even. On a pane of glass, right? And just, feel, like, they could have had a pane of glass there for the reflection. They, they ghosted. They basically took the footage of Treat Williams and they duplicated it and put it underneath his layer, which is not how it worked back then. Somehow they did. I'm sure it was a lot of hard work, but it's, I don't know. It looks really bad. And yeah. Then, uh... But also, it's that, um... You have that, that awful, um... 
phenomenon where uh you know you've got you've got several different kinds of uh blue screen or green screen mm-hmm. or whatever it is and then the uh, the superhero's costume keeps changing color color because of yeah yeah Oh boy! And then Sang Sang is not his name. The bad guy, the the pirate. Gets, yeah. Suddenly, pirates are a thing. What was his name Kabai Sang or Kabai Sang? Kabai yeah. Sang. Um, and he's like driving home how evil he is. Like in his exposition, exposition, he's like Kabal Sang. I am the descent of, of the original Sang, who was also named Kabal Sang, who okay, is so... very more, much more evil than I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, they, yes, they called him evil. Kabai they called Zing. him the... E- I'm a descendant of the evil Sang Sang, right? Right. I'm just going to call him Sang Sang. I can't be bothered to say his so name the, wrong. the great Kabai Sang was played by Kerry... Okay, if I get this wrong, then oh, I'm... Oh, okay. boy. Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. 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 Okay, so the thing is that, like, um, you know, he's he's one of those actors that's, like, uh, him out of that thing. Right, that guy in that movie. Yeah, that you recognize that you don't necessarily uh, remember from where or what his name is. Um, but uh, he was in License to Kill. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the head of the Hong Kong uh, narcotics team that yep. uh, captures uh, Timothy Dalton. Um, and uh, they're also going after Sanchez. Uh, he's also in um, the original Mortal Kombat from yeah, 1995. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he also looks like he's having a great time hamming this shit up. Yeah, he does, but there's... But there's the dialogue a, is just, just awful. So bad. And <laughs> also, how does he deliver that line where he says, he, he says to the, the mob boss who's double-crossed Drax, and he goes, How's over have ever there, right? <laughs> Racist. Um, and, you know, he, um, he sort of says something along the lines of, What did you just say to him? And he says... Oh, it means fire the cannon in evil pirate language or something like that. Like, he doesn't actually say that, but he, he says in pirate language or pirate. So this is where, where the people. editor was asleep on the job. Yeah, it's so weird. Like this guy's standing in place. He's pointing a gun at him. This other guy comes up and loads the cannon and then sets the cannon on fire and carefully aims it at this guy. And there's all these sort of like very tense shots of like, oh God, he's going to fire a cannon. Move aside a yeah, cannon like, fires in a straight line it's like prometheus like charlie's theron exactly move to the side stop running in a straight hit. line exactly run diagonally and this will be solved right <coughs> yeah and then xander drax um you know spelling out his name for absolutely no fucking reason <laughs> that happens yeah um i've never understood something first of all exposition fourth skull comes in at this point in the movie. Right. This is 20 minutes before the end. And then uh, the, sh- the, the shadow, again, the phantom jumps into action. Did you notice that he crosses his arms and starts shooting people? He's got his guns. He could easily just point them, spread out his arms in either direction and start shooting people. How does it make more sense for people in movies to cross their arms to, I don't to know, shoot but people? But again, the Arnold shadow... Schwarzenegger does it too. The shadow actually does it the other way around. So he'll reach um, with his right hand to his left gun yeah. and his left hand to his right gun and he will pull them out and then, you know, point them, like, to the sides, like, you know, normally. Well, I mean, they're facing... Like, it's right. very hard to pull out... Right, right. I mean, so, he could go like this. Yeah, he, he could, could. He could he go could. like that. Um, but the thing it's is, is that they're on that his... Way. No, but they're on his gun belt, if right. I recall correctly. So they are facing outwards. And right. It's aesthetic. So it's like, yeah. this is how his costume is built... We could argue that his costume is built poorly, right? No, but it's also dynamic. I mean, it, it and works. And it looks cool. Yeah, it looks but cool. But he's not crossing his arms to shoot. So it makes... And I, I remember in um, 
True Lies, which in no way takes itself seriously, where no, he's got like the two Uzis and Arnold Schwarzenegger is like and crossing his arms and like killing people. And I was watching this and I was like, I noticed, and this is another editing thing. The shadow is uh, the phantom. What is wrong with me? I need to go you to just bed. Really, I really want to watch really the movie. Wanted it to be the shadow. I really did. The phantom <laughs> is like pointing at these two guys, and he's like, "I could shoot these guys like this." Or I could shoot these guys like this and he crosses his arms. It's really weird. Hey, look how cool I am. Question for you. Yes. This is how it's written here. Russian pirates? <laughs> okay, so here's, here's a phenomenon that I... That's the second time I've said phenomenon. I'd never used the word phenomenon, but I've said it twice in the last Amazing. 20 minutes. Um, so, okay. First of all, um, suddenly, out of nowhere, from the back of the set... And it's obvious that it's a set. You know, sometimes you see like Raiders of the Lost Ark, they go from like location to set and it's yeah. seamless. In this movie, I actually said to you, hey, so we're back on the Paramount backlog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so anyway, so that uh, from the back of the set, these pirates come out wearing... <laughs> Russian hats. <laughs> Russian hats for some reason. And it made me think of all those movies where, you know, you have those big crowds and the bad guys fighting and the, you know, the, the, bad, guy, the bad guy is waiting for the good guy to be finished fighting the other bad guys and then comes in. Actually, a really great example of that is in um, The Last Jedi when they're fighting in the throne yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like stuntmen just hanging around waiting right. for them to finish their flourishing. Right. Um, so, but like, look, I'm, I'm not saying that there are tons of movies that are like, I just, they were, wait- you said this, were they waiting back there the whole time and they decided <laughs> to come out now? Were they having a right. coffee break or something? It's like, you know. Um, playing backgammon in the back room, just like, right. what, what is going on out there? Um, and so we they come put out, on our Russian hats. and then as soon as they defeat all, the- <laughs> <laughs> they defeat all the Russian pirates. And do then, they though? Do they though? I don't remember I how that. I don't remember how that the resolved, Russian pirates actually. come out, and then it just cuts to the next scene. As if no, they- it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't remember how they resolve this. Am I blocking things out? Already? I think you were writing on your phone, but like. Okay. I think what happened... So, I think that they fired something at them, like, or a, a, a cannon or whatever they, they, it was. They sort of, like, they close a, a, a portcullis After they're them. defeated. Ah, okay. The portcullis is closed. This is what I was going to say, is after there's no more action going on and it's all quiet, they go, you know what, we better close this. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, what are you doing before they come? Um... And then there's just a lot of janky CG skulls flying about and right. lasers. So, the thing is that, I, and I said to Sai that, um, you know, I thought that the skulls were still a better MacGuffin than the crystal skull. Absolutely. Um, and I like the Not iconography. I like the iconography of it. Yeah. I think that his uh, his suit is probably the worst thing that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you've got, the, you've got some great props, some great sets, you know the other costumes aside from his suit. They're okay. Um, yeah, you know, and and I, I will always love that um, that forty set superhero movie aesthetic. You don't yeah. see it very much. It's that's what I was saying is that the charm of the Rocketeer and the Shadow that they are in that forties like vibe. Right. Um, but just like one more visit to VFX Corner. VFX Corner. Terrible explosion. When he jumps into the water at the end, he's defeated the bad guys or whatever, and he jumps into the water and there's like an explosion. Yeah. And it just looks so... It's not composited well at all. The colors don't match. It looks really janky. It looks really bad. And then there's like a shot of him under the water holding onto a chain 
being pulled by a torpedo to escape from what is suddenly revealed to be a volcano. Yeah. Um, and then when that volcano erupts and explodes, there's like bits of mountain flying off the side and it just looks like really, really bad CG. Now, here's the thing, is that I don't like... When I'm giving feedback about something, right, or I'm critiquing something, I like to be very sort of like fair and whatever, but I feel like in this sort of forum about a movie that's this old, no one's going to do anything about it. I don't think anyone who made it is going to listen. And if they do, I don't think they're going to disagree. I think it's fair to say the VFX could have been just so much better hand, you know, better handled. And yeah. It's just really bad. I don't feel bad. I, I, like, just, I don't think that this is a particularly it. beloved movie. No, I don't think so. I don't I, think I we're think, getting any death threats for this. No, but I, I think that, that, that there's possibly some love for it. Um, maybe along the same lines of uh, the way we remember it, just because yeah. it was of its time. Yeah. And, uh, and of you know, your we, childhood. Of my childhood. Grew up watching it. Um, you know, and, uh, and I... Okay, so I bought it on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I remember Sai saying to me, don't... Don't do that. Do you regret it's buying terrible. it on Blu-ray? I don't regret buying buying it on Blu-ray actually because it completes that trilogy of of, uh, movies. of movies. It's not it's yeah. it's the black sheep of the three, and it's not very good. <laughs> but uh, but there are things about it that I enjoy. I mean, like I said, I enjoy the the design. I enjoy the sets. The cinematography is gorgeous. There's a lot of like really nice jungle, um, you know, scenery and whatever. Um, and uh, you know the the microscope scene's cool. That's pretty that is evil. pretty cool. Pretty evil. Uh, yeah, so Drax um, uh, brings in a, a guy. It's kind of random, okay? It's a guy that... Um, Supposedly the... leaked his secrets to another person or during the, an or exposition a, scene. Although there's a potential for him to reveal his... Because he's the only one that's supposed to know yeah. that he's been looking up, uh, you know... Occult in the, books occult and books in, about these skulls in the library or whatever. It's very... It's a bit it's, wishy-washy. It's a bit wishy-washy. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah... Uh, it's precarious to say the least. Um, and uh, so you see him before this guy comes into his office. You see Drax turning the focus wheel on the microscope, and you see knives come out of the yeah. top. Um, and then you know, and then you, you know that you've got one of those scenes. The audience knows what's going to happen, but the uh, but the character doesn't, and it's very suspenseful. And the guy comes in and he says, "Like, could you have a look at something? Could you have a look at my microscope for me?" Also, a little bit sus. Uh, yeah. But but he gets him to do it, and he says, "I can't see anything." Um, so he, he says, "Just him, turn the focus yeah, just knob. turn the focus knob." So he turns the focus knob, and what he can see through the uh, through the microscope is a note that says "liar," and then, and then, you, hear and then you hear the <laughs> yeah, um, and then he screams, and he's so, and then and then and then Drax like takes his glasses, which he had held for him in order to look through the microscope, and he very nastily goes, <laughs> "I guess you're not gonna need these anymore," <laughs> and he breaks them, which I thought was like. Baller move, man. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's kind of cool. I mean, that's probably something that I would have found cool when I was a, you know... I remember finding it When cool. I was a 12, 13-year-old kid. I remember and finding a lot of stuff about this movie cool. By the way, we have seen The Rocketeer and The Shadow in our adulthood. Like, we have seen it. I've watched it a couple yeah. years ago. They do really... They do. ...hold up. They the are Shadow fun. less so. If I had to rate them, I'd say the... I was going to I'd say you. Rocketeer, Shadow, this, if it has to be on there. Oh, problem. What? If, so the question I was going to ask you was, if you had to take one of these to a desert island... What, Rocketeer. Yeah, right, Rocketeer. And I might say The Shadow. So so here's the thing. Judas. I love The Rocketeer. <laughs> it's one of my favourite characters. 
love it. It's and one I love of, it's the comic one of, books. It's, I would say it's up there. I mean, but a, the a lot shadows, of people ask me about my favorite movie, and yeah. I, I've probably got like hundreds. You do. It's, it's one, one of those. those. Yeah. And the um, the uh, the thing about the shadow is just like the the lore and his powers and what he can do and like it's it's very cool and i really like how this is something that is very potentially like earth threatening that he stops right right um and it, it's like uh there's some also alec baldwin is very believable and amazing as this tortured guy who's like trying to make up for past sins of which there are many and so he, he, he makes doesn't, it... he doesn't get enough credit who Alec Baldwin? Because he started out his career as a matinee idol. Yeah. Um, but he's also a, an incredibly talented actor. He could he played uh, bad guys as well. In, yeah. Like flawed, uh, morally dubious characters. Um, and he's also a very talented comedian. Why do you say he doesn't get enough credit? I think a lot of people know what he's what he's about. I, I think, think he fell out of favor. Like a there was a period of time where he wasn't doing much. Like what was he in Thomas the Tank Engine? And he was the fat controller or something. But like he, he then did he Jack Donaghy and he Rock, was yeah. so no. But that's where most people right. are like oh right Alec Baldwin yeah. and then he but like, it took it took a while and he, yeah. but he was also on SNL. He was he did a lot of really uh, fantastic yeah. Um, I think a lot of that stuff was overshadowed by some of the you know tabloid shit that was going yeah. on with him. Uh, you know he was yelling at reporters. He left a message for his daughter that was uh, you know that was angry or whatever and you know honestly i've got a three and a half year old and and i've yelled at him and said things like probably not at that level i don't think it's at that level at all of course but, not. like i'm but but i'm listen, saying like you know there's the you know family squabble should be family squabbles. They should, all of this stuff should be separate from the art that the guy makes right like, it's, I, it's, I, I don't think it's anybody else's business and, and you know it borders on abusive but like if you watch the uh the uh alec baldwin roast mm. she Gives, gives as, as good, good as she, she gets, gets absolutely yeah um wow we went off the rails with that one so absolutely. it was just a question about which movie you'd like to watch over right. and over again for the rest of your he, life he, he is he is a very he's, he's very watchable. excellent he's superhero watchable. but also he's a superhero with a dark side that's what i'm saying yeah the rocketeer is brilliantly made and he's a great character and notice how we've just left the phantom behind in the dust <laughs> But like the, the sh- so the I think it did it to itself. Yeah, um, and and basically it's like the the costume and the way that his powers work, just the whole thing, and the seeing his footsteps in the rain and the thing we're he talking can't about the hide shadow his, now. By the yeah, way, the, yeah, that he can't hide his shadow. It's like it's brilliant. I would yeah. I would take that one with me just because. So the voice, yeah, the voice, the shadow, and the laugh, his laugh. Yeah, it's so well done. The whole movie. I want to watch it again. Um, I do. You have any um. Closing thoughts because I feel like we're closing towards thoughts. The, uh, um, the end. Yeah, there was another uh, another piece of trivia here. Mm. Trivia corner. Trivia corner. So, um, uh, a few years uh, after, I, I believe, after Inner Space. Mm. So Jeffrey Boehm, who wrote uh, Inner Space, um, was working on a treatment for the Phantom with Joe Dante. Joe Dante was going to direct it. Really? Um, for those who don't know who Joe Dante is. Joe Dante is the esteemed director of Gremlins, mm. Gremlins Two: Inner Space, obviously. Um, 
Also, uh, Matinee, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people haven't seen it, uh, but do watch it. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, especially if you're a cinephile. Johnny's Recommendations. Johnny's Recommendations, indeed. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's a great movie. Um, and also, uh, Explorers, which uh, I haven't actually seen yet. I didn't get it. We didn't get it in England for some reason, or maybe we did, and I missed it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I haven't seen that one yet, but um, I just bought the Shout Factory Blu-ray, so yay, I'm going to get on that. Yeah, a new Joe Dante film to discover. That's really cool. But anyway, it's like yeah. finding a penny in your pocket. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, so basically, uh, Joe Dante. If you know anything about his uh, his style, is that he's an incredibly tongue in cheek director. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no film of his that I've seen that is in any way taken seriously. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it works. It works. That he's he's got a very strong. Uh, grip and control over tone uh, so the phantom was originally written to be comedic mm. and when simon Winter took over he played it straight made Which everybody I wince believe simon Winter, get it wince never mind yeah. i believe <laughs> that that is the crux of the problem here yeah. is that uh is it probably shouldn't I like it either go camp a hundred percent or uh or, or don't um you know yeah it's not quite sure what it wants to be right it's very so confused. i think the the to sum up the answer to the question should people watch the phantom <sighs> i would say no i wouldn't just don't do it don't i mean do it i mean yourself. you know what do it do it if you want to have i mean it's fun it's if fun you're to, curious if, if you like if you like watching movies like the room it's probably not even on the... It's not on that level. It's not... Look, we're saying all these bad things about it. It's not like that. It's just not something that I would recommend if you have other things to watch. Like, if you're looking for something and you're like, oh, yes, I and Johnny recommended this movie and, you know, maybe I'll give it a try. Uh, it's your funeral. Um, well, it's <laughs> it's not... I wouldn't call it a recommended. I'd say that, like, if you uh, if you saw it as a kid and it's it holds nostalgia factor, um, you know... Well, I mean, it could go one of two ways, really. It could either really ruin your memories of it. (laughs) (laughs) Or you'll be like, yep, this is what I remember. Oh, yeah. Or you'll be like, yep, this is what I remember. And, uh, you know, you'll end up watching a a bad movie that's uh, that's fun for its badness. I feel this is bad. I feel this is not working because we can't just say, "Eh, watch it, then watch it, watch it, then watch it. What do you recommend people should watch? Like the the Rocketeer or The Shadow? Like that's <laughs> wait, seriously like is that what this has come to? Because we weren't even talking about. It. Okay, I, I would say um, watch the Rocketeer and then watch the Shadow, mm-hmm. and then just stop watching things. Yeah, yeah. Don't watch any more movies. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, it has. I want to do this again. Yes, we should do this again. Let's uh, pick something that's um... a little less shady, shoddy. I don't know. Um, maybe we could choose something that's a little bit more uh, popular yet polarizing. Mm, interesting. You'll have to think about that one. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, um, you have been Johnny Gross, and, and you I, have been. I have been Simon Gross or Sai. Thank you very much for coming to talk to me. This is fun. I like watching films with you. Oh, I like watching films with you too. I like talking about films. I with like you. talking about them too. Let's go make out. Uh, I gotta go, Phil. Bye. <laughs> What's our seat number? 